0: So earlier this week, I was reminded of a story that a friend of mine once told me about Charles Darwin, the scientist that is credited with first describing evolution. In this story that she told me, it's the middle of February. It is brutally cold outside, and Darwin decided to go outside and scrape up three tablespoons of mud from the bottom of a nearby pond. The sample was no, longer, no larger than just the palm of my hand and it weighed just six and three quarter ounces. It was a tiny amount, really. And for the next six months, Darwin kept this cup of mud covered in his study, watching as the new sprouts emerged. As each one came up, he pulled it gently out of the cup, identified it, counted it, and went back to watching the cup. At the end of his experiment, he had counted 537 different plants, all coming from that tiny three-tablespoon sample of ordinary mud, 537 different plants. That little handful of mud was full, absolutely full of life. It didn't look like much, and there in the month of February, in the middle of the cold freeze of winter, it was hard to imagine that anything would ever grow, let alone from that tiny cup. But there in his study, there in the warmth of his steady gaze, there were multitudes of life. I've been wondering lately if that isn't how it is with grace, too. Last Sunday, Reverend Elaine reminded us of the danger of taking too many precautions in life. She reminded us that so often grace is found when we can live close to the fault lines of life. In those moments when we cannot help but realize our interdependence, our vulnerability, our impermanence here in the world. She reminded us that so often, that is when the light shines through, when there are cracks, and it is in the company of one another, in the company of these fault lines, these cracks that we see and feel grace. I left last Sunday's service feeling filled up, full of music and poetry and theology and full of that yes feeling I have when someone else shares their truth and it resonates with me too. And I left last week's service wondering, too, does it always have to be in those liminal moments, those moments of life and death, those moments when we're sure we're on the fault lines and things get shaken up in ways we maybe wanted, maybe different? Are there ways that we might experience grace in our everyday, too? Is it possible to remember that the deep truths can come through just when we're going about our daily life? Is there a way that we can remember the truth about life and love and connection and what is most important no matter what is going on? I wonder, can we feel grace when we're standing outside on that first warm day? When we're standing there next to the compost heap and looking up at the sky? Can we feel grace in all of those moments too if we keep our gaze steady and our attention clear? I've been thinking about this piece of advice that I've heard myself give countless people over the years these last few weeks. This advice comes out of my mouth at different moments. Sometimes it's when a friend or a member of the congregation is making a difficult decision to leave an abusive relationship or to begin recovery from alcohol or drug addiction. Sometimes it comes out of my mouth at the start of difficult medical treatments for someone or when caring when this person is caring for a loved one or maybe it's in that hard, fresh time of grief. Whatever the details of the situation are, it's always a moment when there is simply no way around what is happening. There's only through, and that's when I say it. You know I'll say, you don't have to do this gracefully. You just have to do it. You don't have to do this gracefully. You just have to do it. Now I know that when I am saying these words, my heart is absolutely in the right place. I'm trying to reassure the other person that they don't have to do whatever it is that's in front of them perfectly. They don't have to look good as they suffer and struggle. They don't have to be concerned with what others think in that moment. They have a hard enough job just showing up and surviving whatever is in front of them. I know that when I've offered this advice, what I'm trying to say is, it's okay, relax. Put down your judgments of yourself or caring about what other people think and just make it through this time. That's enough. But I've been wondering lately if this advice that I've been giving hasn't been negating, unintentionally, a bigger truth. The truth that often, even when things are messy and real in all the ways that we wish that they weren't, or maybe even when we are messy and real in all the ways that we wish we weren't, that that is when grace comes in. We may not be graceful in those moments in the ways of the dancer or the athlete who makes the impossible look really easy, but we are full of grace all the same. I know without a doubt that we are full of grace when we face what is in front of us with courage. I know that we are full of grace when we allow ourselves to kick and scream and stomp and hold our breath for a while and then eventually get down to business. I know that we are full of grace in our everyday lives when we bring our attention to the small plots of mud where no one expects anything to grow and we see there multitudes. I know that we are full of grace when we walk our boundaries and see all that we have been through and remember all that we can be. There is so much complex and complicated theological thinking out there when it comes to the idea and the experience of grace. But I think we know the most through our living. So this morning I'll tell two stories about grace. This past week I had the opportunity to talk with Claire Richards' boyfriend, Rogero. Ruggiero's a doctor, he lives out in Boston, and he and Claire were deeply in love. Some of you remember that Claire grew up in this congregation along with her brother Hayden and her parents, Gail and David, are here almost every Sunday, often as ushers. Claire died this past July at the age of 24 from cancer, and her family and friends circled around her and one another through her illness and her death and into the days after, sharing their love with one another. When I talked to Rogero on the phone this week, we talked for a reason. I knew that in walking with Claire on, his, on her journey, he had experienced something new and I wanted to hear about it. So these are roughly his words. I had a Catholic education, he told me, but I've never had any deep involvement with religion. I'm a rational person. But something happened for me with Claire. I had an experience of grace. I asked him to tell me more. There was a moment, he said. It was a moment months before her death when Claire told me all that was going on, when we knew her diagnosis and how sick she was, and I had an idea of how this would end, and I made a decision. I loved her, and I decided that I would follow her wherever she was going. Now on a rational level, he said, What you saw in front of you was a road that ended in a wall. But the truth was that at the end, at the end of that road, there was a window. It was Claire and my love for her, he says, that opened the window. It's a window where you can access something that you aren't usually aware of, a dimension that you didn't know was there. It's the spiritual dimension of life. It's something that I was surprised to find and something I couldn't have even imagined. It was more like a discovery, a deep change, than an act of will. That experience, he says, is the biggest accomplishment of my life. It's an experience that was so intense that I'm still recovering from it myself, he says. I'm still looking for times of silence. I have a kind of stillness and peace that I didn't have before. It doesn't take away the sadness or the pain of losing Claire," he said, but it does make it more bearable. For Ruggiero, love opened a window to an experience of grace that he hadn't known before. This experience of grace, these feelings. For some of us, it is the truth about another spiritual level of existence. For others, it is the truth about love, or maybe about what matters most, no matter what is going on in our lives. However we experience it, I believe that grace is grounded, is made possible by love. And that leads me to story number two. This past Tuesday morning, I gathered with several hundred others to support the 11 individuals who've been arrested and now indicted as organizers of the December 20th Black Lives Matter peaceful action at the Mall of America. This rally outside the courthouse had a different feeling than some of the others that I have experienced. This rally was absolutely grounded in love, and you could feel it. The organizers were explicit about it. They had us singing and chanting and praying and remembering that caring for one another, that love was in fact the reason we had come together that day. As we waited outside the courthouse, we were doing our best to send our love inside to the individuals and the families and we huddled together out there in the cold, not only for warmth, but for connection with each other too. Our arms linked around each other's shoulders, our fists raised up in moments in protest. We felt like one body. We were different in our experiences of the world and in how the world treats us. But we were holding that ground, that intention, and that love together. As we sang and chanted, I looked up through the courthouse window that was just to the left and I saw one of the indicted organizers' mothers standing there on the staircase. She had been coming down and she stopped there alone and she looked out the window at all of us. She paused for a moment and she heard us. And I think for just one moment, we knew a tiny bit of what she was feeling her pain and worry for her child. And then I heard something else happening at the same time the organizers had us chanting and listening. They were naming the names of the young black people who have been killed. They were lifting up the name of Tamir Rice, the 12-year-old boy who was killed playing in the park. They were lifting up the names of the name of Ayanna Stanley Jones the seven-year-old girl who was killed while she lay sleeping in her bed. These names were coming at the same time as we were looking at this mother on the stairway and we remembered them. It was clear in that moment that love was the ground we were standing on when Pastor Danny Givens Jr. took a hold of that bullhorn and led us in prayer and named a very simple truth. There are no other people's children he said. There are no other people's children. Only our children. Seeing that mother on the stairs, remembering the real lives lost, standing there together in song and prayer, grounded in love, grace was moving all through that morning. Grace. It was the knowledge of a truth based in love so profound. It filled our hearts and things felt clear this truth that there are no other people's children, only our children, all our children. This truth, this clarity that it is up to all of us to make the world safe for them all. It's a lot to let in these experiences, these feelings, these moments of grace. I know that when it happens for me, they crack me open and they force me to see the world differently, to live differently, to have a different life than I did beforehand. I do wonder as I'm up here asking us to experience these moments of grace in all the moments of our life, how we will ever go grocery shopping, or take the bus, or change the cat litter, if our chests are breaking open all the time. But that is what I want. It's what I want for me, it's what I want for you. I think it is the ground of spiritual living to let our hearts crack open, grounded in love, to change to let go of the calling for comfort or individualism, and instead to lean into the real truths, the truths about our interdependence, our vulnerability, our love and care for one another. I believe that it is grace when we take a risk in the middle of the cold, hard freeze of February and go outside and scrape up a handful of mud and see what happens. I believe it is grace when we are grieving and tired, when we're wondering if anyone sees or knows the truth of our existence and we huddle up together outside the courthouse or watch the crowd from the staircase and remember that we are not alone. I believe that it is grace when we or someone that we love heads off in a new direction and we make the decision to follow them and see where love leads. I believe it is grace. When you are more tired than you've ever been and you go outside and feel the sun warmer on your face than you could have imagined, and you know that in a few weeks time you'll be spading up the ground again, making ready for this spring's seeding. It is all grace. May we see it and know it and be changed by it. May it be so, and amen.